Welcome into Inside LAFC. I am Max. What a wonderful time to be with you guys. Coming off the victory over Cruz Azul on Wednesday, nine months in the making. We waited. We wanted Cruz Azul. We we got a shot them, and LAFC made the most of it with a 2-1 victory. Looking back at that game, uh, LAFC did have an advantage, and they're going to have uh, an edge here against Club America, both Cruz Azul and America coming in with question marks with injuries, COVID positive tests. In the case of Cruz Azul, having to replace a coach after what happened in the playoffs. We spoke to Mauricio Pedrosa and we were optimistic about LAFC's prospects and here they go. Now, they get Saturday, Club America, the most successful team in Mexico, Miguel Herrera, Ochoa and goal. They're going to be missing some key players. There's no doubt about it. But regardless of what happens, it's still Club America. And it's it's going to be – you can't assume that even if they had their reserves there, that it's going to be an easy day for LAFC. However, the victory over Cruz Azul – look, they're two wins away from being the champions of North and Central America. You can touch it. You can taste it. Two games, 180 minutes. And now LAFC continues. It appears with a clean bill of health. We have to check Tristan Blackman. This is going to be challenging because that was a nasty landing. He kept playing. But as you know, once the game ends and the swelling starts, things start to hurt a bit, and then the body may not let it. But we'll find out. We'll get more details about that here. But LAFC still showed that their depth was handy by bringing in Latif Blessing, Brian Rodriguez, Mahala, who scored the game winner. Hats off to Francisco Equis Rivera, who, who pretty much called that that LAFC has uh, a, a group of 16, 17 guys that they could use for three games. That said, some of the key guys that we saw against Cruz Azul may have to play shorter roles if you want to hit the tape at the end, which could see a matchup against Tigres. And we have a very special guest, Tom Marshall of ESPN FC, who knows everything about League MX, and he will, he will touch on the possibility of a Tigres-LAFC final if we get there. But regardless of what happens, the Cruz Azul victory, coupled with the Leon victory, makes this a success for the club. There's not going to be CONCACAF Champions League next year for LAFC. So we got to soak this all in. Make sure you tune in on Saturday to check it out. The second half against Cruz Azul for me was the, along with the game against the Sounders at MLS is back, during the COVID time. So let's not include what happened against Leon, but those were the best two halves maybe the second half against the sounders in this for lafc obviously where they ran through the galaxy too but when i saw obviously the opponent that they were playing and how lafc were able to 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 really dominate that second half and make the connections passing and apply constant pressure you know that's what lafc wants to do that's close to the vision of bob bradley and this team and it was very optimistic but now they've got to do it again but as we head to the end of 2020, the table is being set for 2021. LAFC obviously adding Marcus Farfan, really good quality American fullback who's in the U.S. men's national team picture. Uh, Raheem Edwards is a, a guy that he picked in, that they've also brought in. So they're getting depth and they're getting a lot of MLS campaigners, which I love. We have the great South American players, but... I think everyone knows you want these guys that have played in MLS who know how's it up, op- who know how it operates, who know how the playoffs operate so that it's all going to help. And that, and just in training, it's a big picture too. So 
enjoy it. Celebrate. Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. I know folks here in, you know, as great as Leon and Cruz Azul were to think of Club America. I mean, you have Chivas Club America on top of the mountain. Then you have a, a club like Cruz Azul and Tigres and Monterrey and Pumas. This is amazing that LAFC gets this opportunity. What a way to end a, a very challenging 2020. I think we've all saw the game and we could pull away. Carlos Vela, beautifully crafted penalty. We've been talking about that. If you can get a penalty and there's no VAR in this competition, you do what you got to do. And we're all happy that that outcome was able to do it. Because, you know, we was watching the game on two then and they kept saying it wasn't a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. And I'm like, well, it was a penalty. And that's why the game is 1-1 and not 1-0 for Cruz Azul. So there you have it. Look forward to another exciting Saturday. We are going to preview that game with Club America here in a couple seconds. Coming up next, Tom Marshall of ESPN, ESPN FC, to get you ready for Las Aguilas. And we are back here on Inside LAFC. My pleasure to welcome, and I, and I don't know if you've been on, we've, we've talked on some other platforms, but Tom Marshall, who covers the uh, Mexican national team and Liga MX for ESPN, ESPN FC, joining us now. Hello, Tom. Hey, Max, how's it going? All good? Uh, it's going very well, thank you. Uh, we are very excited over here, as you can imagine, with LAFC getting a victory because we were, you know, with bated breath for nine months, we've been talking about Cruz Azul and then eventually the time, the time comes and sometimes timing hasn't been great for LAFC, but it certainly was here. Not only were LAFC were able to get the majority of the team, if not most of the team together, but they faced a team that had its issues with a variety of things, which LAFC certainly can empathize with, but not too much in this case. So it feels good to be getting in the semifinals, moving up to take on Club America. But uh, we're talking about Cruz Azul, uh, just we put a postscript on that. What has the reaction been in Mexico about that defeat? How long have we got, Max? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're limited, but no, I mean, the cliff you know. notes. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's been. I mean, let's just set the scene. I mean, what you know, what what twelve days ago? You know, twelve, thirteen days ago, we're looking at Cruz Azul, and we're looking at a Cruz Azul team that have just knocked out Tigres of the Liguilla in Liga MX. They're going into a, a semi-final second leg with a four-goal advantage. And then after that, you know, you're looking at the final, you're looking at can they break that kind of, you know, what is it, you know, not winning a title since 97 and then going into the champions potentially on a, on a high, you know, um, and everything was looking good. And then I don't know, I don't know how you explain what, what happened. I mean, losing that, losing that second leg to Pumas was just an absolute disaster. You know, it's just not, there's no words really to, yep. to describe how you can, you know, this was a team in form doing well. Um, and then obviously coming into this tournament, you know, that game against LAFC, I just, I didn't know. I just didn't know what to expect from Cruz Azul. I just couldn't predict it. I mean, were they just going to be absolutely fired up? You know, were they going to completely lack confidence? Was the dressing room kind of broken, which, is, you know, that's that's some reports are suggested in Mexico. And I think we got kind of a little bit of a lackluster performance. And, you know, I didn't think they were helped with Jesus Corona wasn't in goal. So they had a young goalkeeper in Jurado and, um, you know, Jonathan Rodriguez was suddenly out. So, so yeah, I mean, I thought they did. They did. They give it. They did give it a fight. But um, but yeah, I mean, what a disastrous like last couple of weeks for this for this team. 
Yeah, and look, I'd be crazy to tell you. I don't. I, my heart doesn't feel for them because this. They were engraving the trophy after that first leg against Pumas, and then to be in a matter of days to see the season decimated. You know, you don't wish that upon any club, but it, it happened, and now Cruz Azul have to uh, rebuild with a new coach. I mean, the whole everything was just bizarre. The the, the bringing in Conejito Perez and some coaches uh, to lead a team that they really have been coaching for a matter of days. I mean, this is really unprecedented in many ways. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, this is one of Mexico's big four. And, and you know, like you were saying then, it's like, it's one thing when you're looking on, you know, Twitter and you're seeing the memes and it's like, they're kind of funny, you know, there's no, there's no way you don't laugh at them. But then when you actually know someone who's a Cruz Azul fan and you think, oh my God, I mean, just having to go through that again and just the... <laughs> barrage you know of just just people laughing from outside and and like i said i mean this is the thing with cruz azul they're regularly fighting for the title they're not a team that just kind of you know sits you know mid to low table they don't really do anything they're a good team you know they, they challenge for titles but then just kind of find ways to to mess things up but um but yeah no uh you know i enjoyed the game i thought it was pretty intense and you know i, I think fair play to lafc i think fairly for me it was a fairly even first half but then i thought after the break lafc kind of accelerated, um, you know, Vela, obviously, different level. And, um, and you know, we talk about LAFC's attack, but they only, they only conceded one one shot on goal over the 90 minutes, and that was from a penalty. So you you have to say also well done to, to LAFC for, for managing that game. How is the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League? Obviously, here in LA and everyone surrounding LAFC are really excited about it, but we get it. This is a tournament that is I mean, it's hard to find sometimes uh, certainly on the English language side of of TV and collectively unless an MLS team does well or a couple do well and we're still waiting on that day to really arrive the the enthusiasm is not there yet but in Mexico how would it compare I know Liga the the Liga and the playoffs are number one but we were down there and I saw you when LAFC played Leon and I, I watched all the TV the ESPN and the Fox channels and they covered it but how big of it an, an event is it viewed there and maybe you could talk a little bit how big a Carlos Vela LAFC game versus America will be received yeah no it's, it's a really interesting question as well because um well firstly whenever the big teams play it don't matter where they're playing who they're playing it's a it's a big deal and it's on all the sports channels but it, but I think a lot of it depends on the team as well um so so I honestly think right now as you know for example with Club America yeah there is certain you know pressure I'm sure we'll get into that that side of it but you know it's not like a it's not like the massive the biggest game of the season you know they, they've just gone out you just played Chivas in the quarterfinal which was you know that that was the the biggest game whereas if you look over at Tigres you know, Tigres are absolutely desperate to win this title. Like, there's absolutely no doubt about it. We talk about, you know, kind of people making fun of teams and stuff like that. All the fans of Chivas, fans of America, you know, even Cruz Azul, Pumas, they all make fun of Tigres, Monterrey especially. They make fun of Tigres because they've never won this title. And Tigres have been like the team of the decade in Liga MX, but they've not won the CONCACAF Champions League. They've reached three finals and they failed at each time. And so, um, so yeah, I think, it, I think it depends on a, a lot on the team and... Um, and yeah, I mean, looking to, you know, the, you know, and Leon as well, it's kind of a, it's a smaller team um, in a lot of ways, although, you know, very, very good. And, and you know, it's a one city team. So you're playing, you know, LAFC, you're playing against Vela. I mean, the whole city, like you saw it down there as well, Max, the whole city gets pumped up for that game. Tickets are sold out, you know, before the kickoff. 
And and the and the fans had obviously, you know, we saw when the teams came out, those Leon fans had planned, you know, the the, the reception. It was Copa Libertadores style, no? I know you've been calling yeah. that tournament. It was Copa Libertadores style. Um and and yeah, so so yeah, and Vela is is Vela. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's this guy who everybody knows is absolutely brilliant. Um, I think everybody completely respects what he's done on the field and 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 everything, but there's always that thing in terms of his relationship with with Mexico, with the Mexican press, about you know is that 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 national team and not going to that you know 2014 World Cup and you know again once again after the 2018 World Cup kind of retiring from international play and you know it's difficult I think for the average fan to I mean you know some people go way over the top in the criticism but it's difficult for the average fan to understand a player not wanting to put on that national team shirt I think that's the that's the kind of bottom line as much as you can rationalize it you know. I agree. And, you know, I think we all say, wait, how could you not? But that, that I, I, I respect a lot the the heavy workload that these players have. And Carlos Vela is certainly one of them. And at some point, your happiness, your family life and all these things take precedent. I think we've seen it a lot. And I, I've, I've grown to be more understanding about these situations. But it's uh, it's a, it's there are those players that every time they're called up, they would, they would rather die than not represent their country. And I think that evolves and certainly it's evolved for Carlos Vela. We'll see if he has a change of heart. Obviously he's on the clock at his age, but we shall see as everyone gets towards the 2022 world cup. I know with, with Vela, he's very happy living in Los Angeles. He's very happy. I would imagine being away from the Mexican media and the pressures <laughs> that come with that. There was rumors swirl that he might go to Liga MX or go to Club America. Have you been hearing those things? I, I, we take him obviously with a grain of salt, but I think a lot of people think he would, but I, when push comes to shove deep down, I know Carlos Vela is very content where he is and playing for LAFC. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's kind of difficult, isn't it? But um, I'd, I'd say there's very little chance. I mean, you know, I mean, for, for the reasons that, you know, you, Max, and I'm sure your listeners know and what you were saying there about Vela being so happy. Obviously, the financial side is is he's not doing too badly on that either. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing is, you know, Club America, you know, like you said about the media as well. I mean, Vela arrives in Mexico to sign for Club America. I mean, the airport is absolutely swarmed. I don't, I'm not necessarily, some players love that, you know, some players absolutely buzz off that. And I'm not sure Vela, Vela is that guy. I think he prefers to kind of do his own thing. And um, and the other thing I, I just add, because I don't, you know, I think it's not out there is, you know, Club American these days, they're not the Club America of old. The Club America of old goes in, signs big name South American players or, oh, you know, Mexico, or wherever. They sign big name players, they make a splash. And that was kind of the modus operandum. I mean, that was how they how they went about doing things. And that, that era of Club America is gone. This Club America... now a rational club they produce you know th- this is this is a different club america and so really you know don't get me wrong this they, they got geo they got they, are, they got a choa they do have the ability but to pay vela anything near what he makes in la i just think is beyond what they can afford right now given given the crisis as well right now let's talk about club america because they they came to orlando and, and by the way it would have been amazing to think of lafc traveling to take America on a two-legged affair in Estadio Azteca. But I think common sense says if the the old format, if we didn't have COVID, LAFC may not be in this situation because having to get through Cruz Azul to play down there would have been a challenge in itself. But Club America arrived in Orlando, 
played a very defensive affair, which they were allowed to against Atlanta United. I know there was five defenders at times. They had a three-goal aggregate lead. They have a game in three days, so if you can reserve energy and reserve players, by all means, do it. And they had that opportunity, and they seized it. But where are they now? I, I was looking online, and obviously there's injuries. There's uh, COVID-related situations. And it's a pretty lengthy list for this club coming in. I know they, your point, it's not the Amerika of old, but they, they still strike me as a pretty deep team. They have serviceable players. They have depth in a lot of positions. But where are they now with that? With and We're not 100% sure on some of these guys whether they may get a negative test and be able to play. But what is that squad you think going to look like for the LAFC team? And who are guys that, that um, they may not be able to rely on? Yeah, honestly, I don't. I don't think Miguel Herrera and Miguel Herrera said after the game actually. He said, "Look, I looked to the bench against Atlanta and you know, looking to change things up, and there wasn't much there." And you know, they, they, they do have injury problems right now, Club America. Um, they're not in form. You know, they lost the last three games. Now they've won two out of the last nine. I mean, this isn't a Club America full of confidence going into this going into this LAFC game. Um, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos out, Nico Castillo, long-term injury, Bruno Valdez, long-term injury, Nico Benedetti came back and now he's out again, Henry Martin with COVID-19. You know, these are big names. These are big players. So, um, so yeah, America is, is struggling. Like, let, you know, I think you summed it up pretty nicely there. America is struggling, not in form, a lot of injury problems. But then again, you know, you do look, go, go down the list of players that will play, you know, Federico Vinas, Richard Sanchez, you know, Ochoa. Um, for me, really important in this game is going to be Sebastian Cordova because this is a guy you, you know, a lot people in Mexico are talking about him a lot, potential European move. But he still has, he's still been inconsistent. He didn't play well against Atlanta. But this, these are the games now where, where Cordova are like 22, 23 years old. You want to see him kind of make that impact, especially when, you know, he's a left footed kind of attacking player. And you look at the other side and you see Vela. And I don't know, be, I think America will be looking for Cordoba to, to step up. And then Roger Martinez. I mean, I honestly think that wouldn't surprise me to see him one day in, in MLS, into Miami, we're all over him. Um, this is a guy who, for me, could be top five player in Liga MX. I mean, this is a Colombian international who's 26. I mean, this guy should be should be absolutely, you know, ripping apart this league. Um, but he's just not settled at Club America, and I thought he was really bad against Atlanta. And you know, he's really going to have to, um, you know, step it up um, against against LAFC. So, so yeah, it's an America with without doubt with with, with problems. And you know, Miguel Miguel Herrera, I think, summed it up perfectly. You know, he said, you know, obviously it's obvious that we have to improve a lot. You know, we have to be better on the ball. So, um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And I think, you know, Max, I honestly do believe that with the format of this tournament as well, you know, over the one leg, I mean, everybody would like to, to see Club America, Club America fans in Banca California Stadium. Everybody would like to see LAFC fans down in the Azteca. I mean, you know what I mean? It would have been, I think that Leon game was kind of the, that was the example. I think, honestly, that was the example of how this yeah. MX MLS, you know, the CONCAF Champions League, Leon really wanted to win that game. LAFC fans were absolutely pumped up for it. That is the example for me of what this could look like going forward. So, um, so yeah, but I think I think things are lined up for, for LAFC, I'll be honest. I mean, Club America not in great form. It's a one-off game. And, um, and yeah, we'll see. And <laughs> it's, it, I think LAFC fans are... are guarded with their optimism as they were against Cruz Azul. They knew they were playing a team that was wounded and they said, we've got to seize this opportunity to beat this club 
because we don't have to play it the old format, which we probably diminished our chances. But now we have a situation, a similar situation at the Club America. So you would like for them to repeat what they were able to do, but it's still America. You know, it's still, as and you mentioned the players that will be available. It's, I, I think people would say LFC should be the favorites, but, it's very, it's very hard to say that. And LAFC have had their inconsistencies. There's no doubt about it. The second half against Cruz Azul, we hope is not an outlier. We hope that's they can build off that and continue to play like that. But it's kind of crazy to think that, that we're, you know, with all the, the shortcomings for major league soccer clubs in this competition, all of a sudden you have LAFC in a semifinal and they're, they're kind of the favorites. I don't remember ever saying that about an MLS team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd put it, I'd still go Club America. Okay. favorite just because of the history and just because you do look at those players and obviously they have to play better than against Atlanta I mean everybody knows that you know but I still think and I think the big the big issue is is the one that is just so obvious I mean how are they going to deal with deal with Vela you know at the end of the day this is a guy who he can win this tournament over he's got 180 minutes left you know what I mean if Vela has a good 180 minutes LAFC can lift this title absolutely no doubt I mean he's just He's kind of a freak. I mean, he's just an he's he's an outlier when it comes to when it comes to this competition, MLS and North American soccer, you know. And and if he has a good 180 minutes, then there's no reason why LAFC. I'll tell you what would be good though, Max. Just uh, just as an aside, imagine a Gignac v Vela final there. Oh. <laughs> Tigres against LAFC, what? both teams going for the first title. You couldn't you couldn't ask for a better run for LAFC, and it, that's the the I mean the, the frustrating part too. And again, you you can't wish for the old format because things could not have gone differently. And I and I I, I was afraid you were going to say America was the favorite. And I I tend to agree with you because it is Club America, and there's going to be something. I know the LAFC players are thinking, "Hey, it's America." You see that jersey? You see Miguel Herrera on the sideline? You see uh, an Ochoa in goal, and you're like, okay, this is still a great team, so it's going to be really tricky. But you certainly wish that it's a great opportunity, and LFC would like to, if they do beat America, to squeeze the most of it if they do face Tigres, because it's, you know, outside of Chivas, this is the, the, the teams you would like to play on the way to a competition and it comes with a lot of clout as well. So uh, it, it's, it's an exciting proposition. I would ask you what, how do you think the, from the America perspective, the short turnover will play a role here. They, they obviously played on, what was it Wednesday? And now they're going to play on a Saturday. Yeah, no, obviously, obviously slightly better for, for LAFC, but I don't think there's a big problem. America are used to being in playoffs. They're used to turning around, you know, three day turnarounds. They've done it, you know, it's just normally Mexico, America are always in the playoffs. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a massive issue. I think the positive from the America side as well is they almost, I mean, it sounds, I don't, it sounds bad for Atlanta United, but they almost had a friendly. You know, I'm yeah. not saying that Atlanta didn't go for it, but the chances of them losing that game were so slim. It was almost like, right, let's get 90 minutes under our belts um, and then the big ones on Saturday. So, um, so I, I think America will be better prepared just because they've got that 90 minutes and they hadn't played before that for a couple of weeks. So, um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they, I don't, you know, this is the thing, Max, this, this competition, this tournament isn't ideal. I mean, you can, we can talk about, you know, for 10 minutes about how it's not ideal for MLS teams, 10 minutes about how it's not ideal for Liga MX team. <laughs> At the end of the day, it is what it is <laughs> and you have to get on with it. And the one thing I will say though, Max, if LAFC do lift the title, I don't think anybody on the Mexican side can say that they've not not deserved it 
Because at the end of the day, it's like you were saying there, they'll have played Leon, they'll have played Cruz Azul, America, and potentially Tigres. I mean, it doesn't get any more, it doesn't get harder than that, you know? So based on this conversation, I think Olympia is going to be lifting this trophy here shortly. <laughs> Everyone's back in Olympia. Pedro Trogli on that. They're going to <laughs> celebrate in Honduras. But who knows? Who knows? It's such a crazy turn, but we're going to enjoy it. I know, Tom, you're going to enjoy it too. And always great to carve some time out with you and appreciate uh, all that you do as well. And uh, let's reconvene and see if there is a, an LAFC Tigres final or even an LAFC Olympia final. Or an America Olympia final. We'll see. But this is tournament's fun, but we certainly look forward to 2021 where you get back to normal, where we get these trips like we had at Leon and when Leon had a chance to come to Bank of California. Yeah, 100%, Max. Thanks for the invite. And yeah, I mean, it would, you know, let's not forget, it, could, it should have been the MLS All Stars, the Liga MX All Stars over there in LA. I mean, this should have been a really big uh, year for kind of M Liga MX versus M MLS. And uh, let's hope the next kind of few days kind of, uh, I don't know, give us a little taster of kind of what we've missed over this uh, 2020 and kind of, you know, look forward to 2021 and, and, and the games that it could potentially bring. Hopefully 2021, that all-star game goes on without too many snafus and we'll be able to, we'll be able to host you and everyone here in Los Angeles very soon. We look forward to that. We know we're hopefully getting closer to normalcy as well. And that is a good feeling, but you know, it's, I'll close this. It's hats off to the league MX tournament was really entertaining. It had the big names there. We, we always, we hope for the best, but we expected probably a, a, a less than perfect product, but they've got to be happy, not only because the way it ended with Leon winning it, a very deserved winner. And I think the same with MLS, they got their competition. And I know there must be relief to muscle through and said, hey, we've got this complete, but all things considered, Looking back, they, everyone's got to be pretty content about the way it went. Yeah, I think 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's never going to be the same without fans. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there's no way of re replicating that. But at the end of the day, you know, that, that Cruiser's all comeback against Pumas, I think, was absolutely historic. And, um, and yeah, you had, you had Leon, the best team, best team winning it. And I think if you look at, you know, even the TV numbers up there in the States and in Mexico, I mean, I think there were a couple of blips during the season. I think the Classical Nacional didn't do very well. But at the end of the day, the, the TV numbers for the MLS, for the Liga MX games over there were, were, ma were massive again. And yep. it just shows that, you know, the interest is still there. And uh, and obviously, you know, how, how that relates to MLS. Obviously, MLS is is looking at those and thinking if we can, you know, be a part of that a little bit more, then, um, then, then, then that's what we want, you know? Yeah, the Chivas America game on Telemundo did massive numbers. And even the a couple MLS playoff games on Fox, uh, one uh, semifinal game got close to a million viewers, and the MLS Cup certainly did on the Fox network. So good news. Good news heading towards 2021. We're going to have a saturated soccer landscape. And we'll, we'll talk plenty then, Tom. Thanks, Max. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate you. Talk soon. Tom Marshall of ESPN FC covering Liga MX and the Mexican national team. Please rate, review, and don't forget to subscribe for Inside LAFC. We'll see you soon. Saturday night, LAFC, Club America, Univision, and FS2.